You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops. Local businesses have always been on your team supporting you and your community. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol and the tap to pay with a contactless symbol visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL. Welcome into a Wednesday edition of the Locked On NFL podcast. He's Tony Wiggins. I'm James Erpine. We have a ton to get to on this midweek edition of Locked On NFL. We're going to dive into what's happening on the, the college scene and how some of these teams are going to start jockeying for the college quarterbacks at the, that are going to be at the top of the 2021 NFL draft. We'll do that in segment three. But there's a lot going on in Houston that we need to get to. In Kansas City, right. are they the next dynasty in the NFL? And, and Tony, let's, let's start there because, uh, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs, they're rolling. You know, they've won two uh, of their four games where they didn't play well. They edged the Chargers, didn't necessarily play well on Monday night under weird circumstances, obviously, with COVID-19 against the New England Patriots. Mm-hmm. But they got the job done. Do you think this is the next dynasty? It looks like it, and 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 you know they definitely have the coach for it. Andy Reid has has over the years been a model of consistency, but you know he never got over that hump. And I always said, you know, wonder what would happen when he got over that hump. And sometimes when you win, the only thing you need to do to be a dynasty is know that that you can do it. And now they, you know, they look like they know that they can do it, and they just they just have that air of a, of a champion about them now. And it even it's even on the defensive side of the ball now. You know, for a long time, you know, we were wondering about guys, you know, like Tyron Matthew. You know, the Honey Badger was a lot of reputation. Bounced around a little bit from Arizona. And for some reason, I guess the folks in Houston thought he wasn't good enough. Well, that's not true. You know, he's a champion and he's he's living up to it. And they just they just have that look about them, man. How, how many times did, did we question their secondary? And now the secondary is making plays. They they really, really do look like a team that no matter if they're playing well or not, they can just push push a button and somebody's going to be running down the field wide open and that quarterback is going to find them. And that's the key because I, I think Andy Reid's always been that guy, right, this type of coach that could build, you know, a sustainable winner. But when you have a, a transcendent quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, it just takes you to another level when you're a great coach, right? What was Bill Belichick before Tom Brady? Right. And, and so I look at this and obviously we're going to compare them and they're going to draw comparisons to the New England Patriots, but that was a 20-year dynasty. And I'm not going to do that to, to Mahomes and Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs, but I, I do look at them and I'm like, yeah, this is certainly doable there's no doubt about it that they can be the next dynasty. I don't know about two decades, but are they the team? Time, right. mm-hmm. you, you cover the Jaguars. You host Locked On Jaguars every day. Right. I, I host Locked On Bengals every day. We cover those teams, and, and we've been around them for a long time. When you think about greatness in the AFC and teams that you're going to have to go through for the next decade, 
the Chiefs are the first team on the list, specifically in the AFC, in my mind, you know, that, that Joe Burrow and the Bengals, they have to look at and, and say, you know, long-term, how do we get past those guys? You, you know, Lamar Jackson right now, the reigning MVP is thinking the same thing. And that's what happens with dynasties is you, you just scratch and claw and you, you try to find a way to beat them and they just have your number and they find a way. And it does feel like that this team is built that way. It doesn't mean they're not, they're unbeatable right. because heck if Cam Newton would have played on Monday night, who knows what we'd be saying today. Right. But I, I think that uh, it, we, we could be witnessing a dynasty here, Tony, for sure. No, you're right. And, and you know, one thing they all have in common is when you look at the teams, whether it's the Steelers, the Packers, uh, the Chiefs, I don't remember them not having capable quarterback play. I don't. And the other thing is the coaches always seem to coach their coaches well. The, pa- uh, the Patriots, of course, they coach their coaches well and they have this continuity. And it doesn't mean that they don't lose coaches because all of those teams do. We've seen the attrition in, in Andy Reid's staff, but what we've also seen is his ability to replace those guys with people that are like-minded thinkers. He coaches his coaches well. And, and then those coaches go on and they have success. You can't really say that about New England, but you can definitely say that about you know, Andy Reid's assistant won a Super Bowl before he did, you know? So Mm -hmm. the thing is, is they always seem to replace those guys. They know the guys that match with what they do. The the, the quarterbacks, the coaches, the running backs. How come Andy Reid, much like Mike Shanahan, how come they always find running backs that know how to – to 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 cut back and they all seem like they catch screens real well. How come mm-hmm. Clyde Edwards Alaire looks just like Bryant Westbrook? How come they how come they all run just like Deuce Staley? Because they they identify players and know how to put them in position. That, I, I mean it's an underrated thing. And that's that has as much to do with with these dynasties as as getting lucky with players. We saw last night with Belichick, like you just said. If Cam was there, that game would have been very, very competitive because of the defense and because of their ability to dial in and to be able to find a target and find who they're going to exploit. And they showed last night, at least through three quarters, why they're both. Uh, Belichick is one, but Andy Reid is, is 1B, in my opinion, as far as legends in the NFL and coaching. Speaking of coaches, and I, this is nuts to me, but it is the reality. I look at the Green Bay Packers as we switch gears here and just kind of look at, at another undefeated team, 4-0. and Matt LaFleur, <laughs> yeah. 13-3 and last year, 4-0 and this year. I, I, you know, I'm not great at math, but 17-3, and that's a hell of a first start. Uh, you know, when you're talking about the first season in a quarter for Matt LaFleur and the Green Bay Packers, it looks like Aaron Rodgers is on a revenge tour trying to prove to the rest of the league that he's still elite, still one of those top two or three quarterbacks in the league. And I know a lot of people, including myself, kind of scratched our head when they drafted Jordan Love. Yep. But that might have been the motivation that Aaron Rodgers needed to say, all right, you guys think I'm done? Well, I'll show you who's done. You know what? They These guys have their finger on the pulse of that team. And, and we talked about that, you know, with our draft experts. And we talked about it last year that they didn't look like they helped them at all in the draft but maybe they knew what they had in development. They got guys catching balls I've never heard of before. And I follow these teams. But they, got, they have guys actually catching balls that I've never heard of. And they, their offensive line, and we always thought, well, maybe he needs some more protection. No, he doesn't. They're fine. They just need to, those guys just needed another year to get on the same page. And, 
And you're right. People thought that Aaron Rodgers, that's how great he is. The guy threw 26 touchdowns and four picks, and people said uh, he might be on the downside. That's crazy when you think of how good he is and, 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 and how great he is, rather. It, to think that a guy like that may have lost a step, and then you see the things that he does last night. There's only one guy that can do it. We just talked about him. It's Mahomes. There's only one guy I've ever seen that can consistently do what Aaron Rodgers does, and that's Pat. Jay Cutler could do it, but he but he do twelve boneheaded things in between those those things. There's mm-hmm. only one guy I've ever seen that could do it, other than other than Rodgers. I think physically, Aaron Rodgers only peer uh, physically is, is Patrick Mahomes. Aaron Rodgers is the truth, and that team, that team is scary, and they're about the only team I believe. They're about the only team right now I believe that could go neck and neck or toe-to-toe or whatever you want to call it with Kansas City on any given Sunday, and it's because of the quarterback. Yeah, they might be, they might be the best team in the NFC right now. I, I have no doubt about that. But here's what I, I think, Tony, and if I'm a Packers fan, this is what I would be pushing for. You see the potential, right? Rodgers, Aaron Jones, you, you know, that defense, which – uh, you know, Jair Alexander has, has made plays. They've obviously upgraded with the, you know, the Smiths, um, you know, Kenny Clark's a stud. You, you, they have players be aggressive now and go get them another guy. Yeah. Go get them another guy before the deadline. And I know we're weeks away from that, but this is clearly a top team. Get them another piece. You didn't do it in the draft, whatever it is. And I, I don't know what it'll, it'll be necessarily. It could, it, what but, if it's Antonio Brown? I, I know, and I know he doesn't fit. If it's Antonio Brown, you can go ahead and cancel it. You can cancel Christmas. It's done. It, d- it depends on which AB you're getting, but from a talent standpoint, sure. I, I was thinking more trade, but, yeah, that – I mean, it, you, you want to talk about proving it. You, you go there if you're Antonio Brown, that's, uh, that's about a, as much of a best-case scenario as you can ask for. You know, opposite Devontae Adams, the, arguably, you know, what, the second, third, fourth-best quarterback in the NFL right now. And Aaron Rodgers, that's a uh, that would be a hell of a combo. It would be a hell of a combo. I tell you what, we talk about availability. There's some coaches that are going to be available. One of them already became available, and we'll discuss that in just a second here on the Wednesday edition of Locked On NFL. I want to discuss Built Bar right now, though. Built Bar, I've been telling people, is the greatest protein bar I've ever had, and it's the greatest one I'll ever have. And they have 18 great flavors. And they, you know, they taste wonderful. I'm on a peanut butter kick. I was on a mint brownie kick, but I'm on that peanut butter kick, man. I'm waiting on a bacon flavor. I'm telling you that because peanut butter and bacon, man, those are the only two things that I think are irreplaceable in this world. Peanut butter is absolutely wonderful. It tastes great. It is chewy and it has a bunch of protein and not a lot of calories. And it should be on the candy bar aisle because that's how good it is. So you go to builtbar.com and you'll get $10 off of your first order if you use the promo code Locked on. That's right. Use the promo code locked on. You get $10 off of your first order of built bars. They have 18 great flavors. Try the ones with nuts, or you can try the ones without, but you better make sure that you try built bars and use that promo code to get $10 off and then post them on social media and let me know what you think about them. It's built bar at builtbar.com. $10 off with the promo code locked on. All right. Welcome back. Uh, well, not welcome back because you didn't go anywhere, but. We are back here with the uh, second segment of the Locked On NFL show on Wednesday. James Rapine of Locked On Bengals, and I'm Tony Wiggins of Locked On Jaguars. And we cannot say that Bill O'Brien is 
any longer with the Houston Texans because he's not. He got that pink slip, man. Uh, it's shocking because it came four games into the season. They have had a very tough schedule, if you ask me. One of the toughest schedules in the league. They are 0-4. Uh, it, it, you know, people are saying it doesn't make sense, James. It does make sense because the team wasn't, you know, the messaging that came out from the team to me was that they weren't really getting along and maybe that his message wasn't ringing true anymore, but they kind of let him burn the house down and then they gave him the pink slip. And now it's going to be a mess for somebody else to clean up because they don't have any picks. They don't have any picks. The salary caps all messed up. Miami has their first and second round pick next year. And if the season ended right now, it'd be a top five pick and Houston doesn't have it. Well, the problem with this, Tony is the guy that was coaching and coaches are emotional because they want to win right now. And, and what GMs do is they take a long view and can look at the salary cap and, and, and look at what they're projected to do and you know, the value of a draft pick. Well, Bill O'Brien didn't have that sense. He treated it like Madden. Oh, I'll take a third round pick and send it to Cleveland for Duke Johnson. That's ridiculous in the land of running backs where you can find a Duke Johnson anywhere, a running back that can catch out of the backfield. They're a dime a dozen. He's not special in any way. And I'm not being mean to Duke Johnson, but he's just not worth a third round pick. And then the, you know, very, uh, you know, like a month later traded for Laramie Tunsil, a really good player, two first and a second good 20 plus million dollars per year. Good. I don't know about that. And I get protecting Deshaun Watson, but now Bill O'Brien gave up that first from last year, gave up a first and second round picks this year. They're going to be top 40 picks probably. Right. So the, the Lamry Tunsil's good, really good. He's not worth all that. And then he compounds the problem because I, I could defend that, right? You want a, a franchise tackle to block for Deshaun Watson. It makes a ton of sense. And, and then you give up DeAndre Hopkins for a bag of chips and an mm -hmm. apple that's half eaten. Right. David Johnson's the worst contract in the league, arguably. And take well, more salary. That? Right. Take well, more salary on. What are you doing? Why would you do that? I, I can find David Johnson too. And he's, he's actually had a decent year, but that's crazy to think that because to me, David Johnson was worth probably a conditional sixth or seventh round pick on his own. Absolutely. Right. Arizona wouldn't have been able to get much for him. So you basically traded Deandre Hopkins and I was actually okay with trading him. If you don't want to pay him 20 plus million dollars, but I need a one or multiple ones. I need to kind of make up for that Laramie Tunsil trade to get a two and David Johnson and act like that's enough. And then you trade for Brandon cooks. Who's been on, you know, hasn't produced really at all. And has the concussion of the season. Right. It's just, it was one mistake after another mistake. And I think Bill O'Brien's, you know, a decent coach. And you saw that because he had plenty of winning seasons, finished his Texans career with a winning record as head coach, but he was an awful GM, the worst GM. I think I could have been a better GM than Bill O'Brien. And that's why he's fired today. That's why he got that pink slip because he made a bunch of dumb decisions. And then, yeah, you're right. It was a tough schedule. And I totally agree. But you're telling me they'd be 0-4 with DeAndre Hopkins? You're telling me that the outlook would feel as bleak if they had first and second round picks in this draft class? No, it wouldn't be as bleak. And it feels, you know, just like an awful situation. And that's what I want to ask you. When you look at this Texans team in this organization, they have a franchise quarterback, which is a huge step in the right direction. But what else do they have? How do you feel about this job? How attractive is it going to be in, the, in this offseason? That's a good point. And um, the move that you have to make, if I'm them, is 
first of all, to, to piggyback off of what you were saying, they, they had to, the players almost had to talk him out of signing Earl Thomas. <laughs> I mean, when the Ravens and, and, and the Texans played early in the year, they say the players from the Ravens were telling them about Earl Thomas and from what the players did, they went back, they don't sign that dude. Seattle and Baltimore are two player-friendly teams. If Earl Thomas can't play for them, you think he can really play in Houston? No. That's totally dysfunctional. So you don't do that. And for the players to go and say, no, man, and, and then Charles James, a former Houston Texan who was featured on their hard knocks, he, he's a Jacksonville native. He, he's saying that they, I guess they have some sort of text line that these guys use that it's all blown up about Bill O'Brien. So, yeah, this, this, this will have to be a hire that's very friendly for Deshaun Watson, you know? So mm -hmm. there are people that I know in Houston are, they're talking about guys like Greg Roman. They're talking about that are quarterback friendly, you know, because of what Greg Roman, he's right now in Baltimore and he was in San Francisco with Colin Kaepernick. And, and then uh, of course, Eric B enemy, you know, because of what, you know, the quarterback friendly system that they run. Don't be surprised though. If you, you hear the name Dabo Swinney, don't be surprised because that's, that's, that's Deshaun's guy. And um, he, he compared him to Michael Jordan. He said, it's the, it, it, the it factor. You're going to hear Dabo a lot because of both Deshaun's, uh, you know, that job being open and the fact that Trevor Lawrence is going into, you know, and with the transfer portal being what it is in college, these coaches, some of them are getting tired. And, and everybody's saying these coaches are making nine, 10 million. They ain't going to be one. Trust me, college football coaches are, the one thing they don't like is when players start getting power. And these kids being able to transfer and talk about getting paid and, and being able to voice their opinion a little bit more, those coaches don't like that very much. And if they can get that same money to go to the NFL, they, they might. So anybody that has ties to any of those Clemson quarterbacks, like the guy I just mentioned, he's going to be mentioned for these jobs. So uh, it's going to be fun, but you better be able to make orange juice out of an onion because you're not going to have a lot of draft picks in Houston. You're just not going to have a lot of draft picks to be able to get away with it. Uh, some other guys on hot seats, of course, our weekly Adam Gase, uh, hot seat issue. <laughs> uh, judge, the judge, I think every coach in New York, New York City is on, on a hot seat. And then in my neck of the woods, our two teams played this week. Of course, we did crossover this week. They want Doug Marone's head, but they don't want it. They want everyone's head in Jacksonville. Everyone. They want them all. They, you know, it's four, really? it's four weeks in, bro. And they're already talking mock drafts. And you're, I, the, the game against the Bengals was the reason why. It was either they're going to go two and two, and they're going to be okay. Because what happened is, James, there were two games that the, these fans marked down as, okay, that's a win and that's a win. It was Miami at home on Thursday night, and it was the Bengals on the road. <laughs> those are two games that they struggled. Said, okay, we're going to win those two, and then we'll see what happens. Well, they were two worst games they played all year, and they got, they got thumped. And I know the score didn't indicate that they got really beat really bad, but they, you, you were there. You saw it. That game wasn't mm -hmm. as close as that score indicated because you guys were, first of all, it, it looked like an old Barry Switzer or Tom Osborne team running through holes. And then the Jaguars couldn't sack a, a, a team that gave up so many. Cincinnati, you guys had given up sacks all game. You, you know, your right tackle had been a turnstile all year, and the Jaguars couldn't get a sack. So now they're saying – Fire everybody, start over here in Jacksonville. So Anthony Lynn might be gone. The only thing that might save him is the fact that everybody's hurt. 
you, you look at four or five jobs right now that might be open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think Dabo Sweeney, you're right. He might have the, the pick here, you know, and, and it, let, let's say Jacksonville, let's, let's say that that job opens up, which I think is going to happen. Trevor Lawrence, it goes there. If you're Dabo, do you pick Jacksonville or, or let's say Trevor Lawrence ends up with the jets. Do you pick the jets? Uh, you know, do you stay at Clemson or do you go to Houston? And, and I think that's really interesting. And I think normally in a normal year, let's say Houston was down, you know, they go four and 12, let's just say. And I, I actually think they'll rebound some because they have too much talent. You know, Deshaun Watson is that good, you know, JJ Watt and, and some of those guys on defense, I think they will rebound a bit, but let's just say they finish four and 12, Well, you're going to have a good draft pick and feel good about it. Well, now you don't have that in the first or second round. And I, I think that matters a ton when you're talking about instilling a, a culture in, in a, a franchise. So I think that'll be a tough decision for him. And, and I'm not sure, Tony, he's, he would even be a good NFL head coach. I'm not sure about that. Right. And, and, and I'm not saying that these teams won't go after him, especially with the connections to the quarterbacks, because I think whoever lands Trevor Lawrence could very well do the same thing that, that you said Houston might do, which is court Dabo Sweeney. And uh, it, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. As far as your neck of the woods with Jacksonville, look, man, if – and I think Bengals fans will tell you this one down year, you know, another down year, if it results in Trevor Lawrence, then it's worth it because I think Bengals fans see the potential in Joe Burrow and a lot of analysts and evaluators look at Lawrence as a, a better prospect, certainly as a better arm. So uh, yeah, I just, I would say be patient to, to Jags fans and Jets fans. Cause if you end up with Trevor Lawrence in the big apple, that uh, that's worth the pain of, you know, losing a bunch of games and watching Sam Darnold run for his life and all that with Adam Gase. No doubt about it. Uh, and it's not that Gardner Minshew is terrible. It's just that teams really – it's that that quest for that franchise quarterback, when you, you just look at the teams that have them, teams are always just looking for that next guy, and they don't want to stop at Alex Smith. They don't want to stop at Andy Dalton. They're always on that quest for that franchise quarterback because – that's to me, it just seems like that's what you need to win. So they have, a, you know, in the draft coming up this year, there's, there's more than just Trevor Lawrence. Now there's this fields kid at Ohio state. And then there's, there's Trey Lance and uh, the guys that uh, locked on NFL draft talked about him where I, I took a little snippet from Ben Solak and uh, Trevor Sakima. I took a little snippet and I'm going to play that for you here in the third segment. And we're going to talk about the possibility of, some of the teams ending up with that first pick. And if they don't end up with the first pick, there are five or six clubs that I think have some character that they could dangle uh, to possibly get up to that first pick. We'll talk about that and talk about some other prospects in the 2021 draft coming up that could help some of these bad teams in the National Football League. And we'll do that in just a second here on Locked On NFL. Okay, third and final segment here on Locked On NFL with James Rapine and Tony Wiggins. The NFL draft, it's always um, something that's very interesting, and you can hear Locked On NFL draft with uh, Tampa Bay Trey, Travis Kima, and uh, Ben Solak. That is on our network. Uh, Check it out. It's it's always very, very entertaining. Uh, They talked about Trey Lance and uh, his ability. It's hard sometimes to judge a – uh, a smaller school quarterback. You look at Carson Wentz and, and, and what he's able to do. And sometimes the jury's still out, but he had a good drive the other night. Uh, 
sometimes the jury's still out on those guys. And we talked about the kid, uh, you know, that he's coming from a smaller school. It's not a real, real small school, but the, the one that uh, Green Bay took this year, um, but they're going to have him in development. So yeah. most people think that there are three legitimate top 10 picks in this year's draft coming up in 2021, James. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I, I think you could certainly say three. Uh, I, I'll give you another name here to just, you know, pay attention to. Zach Wilson from BYU. Yeah, I, heard. I, I, I saw some of the throws that kid was making. And I, I'm not saying he's going to be a top 10 guy necessarily. But if you told me he was a first-round pick, I certainly wouldn't be shocked. I, and that, again, that was just watching him a little bit over the weekend. I, I think he's got the arm. I think he's got some accuracy there. So we'll see how he finishes out this year. But I, I think he's uh, certainly rising. But, yeah, I, I think it's those three. I think Trevor Lawrence is clearly the best of them. And, and you know, Trey Lance and Justin Fields. Fields not playing right now, so it's easy to forget about him. But I, I think him and Lance will battle it out for that second spot. Um, and then again, you know, Zach Wilson's probably fourth and he could certainly move up. Uh, if he's going to continue to play like this, he, he could certainly move up. And I would never put a ceiling on a quarterback rising because we've seen Baker Mayfield go from, you know, a fourth or fifth round pick to the first overall pick. Joe Burrow did the exact same thing last year, Kyler Murray two years ago. So these guys can rise up draft boards really, really quick if they play well and show that they're capable of dealing with the pressure uh, you know, week in and week out uh, in, in high expectations of, of college football. So, right. So if you look at the top of, of the mock drafts, and of course, it, the draft order is going to change because we were talking about Dallas. Dallas is one and three. Dallas has had a tough schedule. They, and we laugh and we pick at them because they're America's team and they're the Dallas Cowboys and all of this stuff. And they find a way to lose these games and, you know, they got this big stadium and they spend all this money. And, but the bottom line is they, they're a good team. They just, they, they're losing. It seems like 89 to 78, like basketball scores every week, but Dak's putting up huge numbers. Jerry says some incendiary stuff that, you know, that's the difference between Tony Romo and, 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 and who was he talking about? Patrick Mahomes, and they make those plays. That, that was wild that he said that, by the way, because I don't know why he put Tony Romo in that category, because Tony Romo didn't make those plays that he was talking about. The, the ones that, Tony Romo didn't make those plays either. So I don't know what the hell he was trying to compare him to um, Mahomes for, but Dak, he might not give Dak his money, man, because he's already – when you look at Dallas, Dallas has more $100 million players, I believe, than anybody. Even Kansas City, they do. DeMarcus Lawrence is getting paid. Tyron Smith is getting paid. I think the other offensive guard is getting paid. The wide receiver is getting paid. Zeke is getting paid. They, it's almost as if they can find the money to pay Dak, but I'm, I'm more than willing to believe that Dallas might – franchise Dak and then look around at one of those other teams in the top five and go, you want him? And he might go for Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence would look good with that star on his helmet because you know how, you know how Jerry thinks. He'd take, he'd take a, a, a high pick, even though I don't think they're going to end up in the top five, but Jerry would take a high pick and Dak and go, mm -hmm. hey, Jets, you want Dak in this number nine pick? Mm -hmm. Sure. Hey, and, hey, and, and I, I, I and honestly, I don't know if it's the worst move because would you rather pay Dak Prescott $44 million or would you rather have a quarterback on a rookie deal 
that's one of the top prospects. Like, I, I wouldn't hate that for Dallas. I wouldn't hate that for a lot of teams. I wouldn't hate it for the Jets either. Oh, no, because it would give them stability. And, and Dak is a guy who's not going to shrink or, or be shy or say the wrong thing in New York, which is a very important trait, right? A very important trait in that market to, to not make headlines and say the right things. And he's dealt with the pressure uh, of Dallas from day one. And, and I think that, so yeah, I, I think that could work. And I love that the speculation here, I, I have a question for you specifically because we were talking earlier about the the Houston Texans and how they gave up their first and second round picks this year to the Dolphins. If you're Miami, and I don't think they're going to pick first overall. I knew this was coming, by the way. <laughs> but 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 if they end up first overall, and you you just drafted Tua Tungavailoa, and we know his injury history, and a guy named Trevor Lawrence is available, what do you do? Do you trade back? Do you have a bunch of picks? Do you build around Tua or? Do you put Tua up for sale? And he certainly would have a lot of value. <laughs> Speaking of guys that would have value and who knows how many teams would be interested. I think it would be a ton, right? But would you put him up for sale and draft Trevor Lawrence first overall? Yes. Because what I would do is first of all, the, the thing that I'm not privy to is whatever evaluation they have of Tua right now, they know because they see him all the time. They see his work ethic. They, they see, they know where he is. And let's just assume that it's good, that it's all good. Then they'll have an independent evaluation of Trevor. And I'm going to assume that that evaluation will be higher. So I'll look at him and say, who's the better player? I take Trevor. Now, then I look around the league and I, nine times out of 10, if you move to it, it's going to be to a team that they're probably not anywhere near you in that top five, you know? They're probably not – it's probably a team that, that that's not a playoff team, but, but they're a quarterback away. It might be a team like New Orleans mm-hmm. that, you know, they, wanna, they, they got an older guy and now they need a younger guy. It might be a team like Oakland that, that's ready to get rid of Carr that has some, some capital to give you. It might be a team like Jacksonville. You know what I'm saying? That, that that's not really sold on their young guy, but that's not high enough in the draft to come up and get – it might be a team it like the Colts. It could be Dallas. It could be Dallas. It could be a team like that where you're going to have to get a whole bunch of stuff and maybe a starter or something. But I think you independently have to look at which one of those players is better, and that's how you have to move on that. That's what I do. But if I'm the Jets, sure. Giants, whoever, first of all, Dallas ain't trading Dak to the Giants, and the Giants ain't giving – if the Giants have the number one pick, they're not doing business with Dallas. Well, they better draft Trevor Lawrence too. Yep. I, All of them. Honestly. I mean, and we yeah. talked about this before. It what Arizona did with Josh Rosen, right? It it is made it is made it possible for everyone now to just give up on a guy after one year and say, Nope, I'm out. We just get the other guy. Because now with the rookie salary cap, coaches and GMs can walk in the owner's office and go, well, we screwed up. Let's fix it. Let's do it right now. Let's, let's, yeah, there are, there aren't many teams that would pass on that. Like the the Bengals, obviously they believe in Joe Burrow, so they would. Uh, yeah, the Chiefs, if, if, right? The Chiefs, the Seahawks. You know, there are certain teams that would be like, all right, we can't draft Trevor Lawrence. I would, but outside right. of a few, uh, you got to. Yep, yep. You're right. You're right. So look, what, Trey Lance is is a bit of a a mystery. So while we're at it, let's take take a listen to this clip from Solak and Sakima when they were talking about Trey Lance. 
And this is the part where you have to almost envision Josh Allen from Buffalo where what you'll get is guy saying that he couldn't hit the side of a barn, you know, with a bowling ball when he came out. But you get you get so enamored with his talent, you just take the talent. There's a little clip in here that's going to really explain to you why you have to pay attention to the talent. And then just think of the think of what happened with Josh Allen and how he's playing this year. And all of the people out there saying, I told you so. And listen to this clip. And this is what this is why when people say player development is so important. Check this out. We're so excited to watch Trey Lance's one single game against Central Arkansas. I actually didn't watch it live. I saw people reacting to it live. But I knew there'd be a cut up on YouTube in 12 seconds. And there was. Uh, Trey Lance gets the one game that North Dakota State was going to play all year. And he doesn't look like, you know, Trevor Lawrence has. He doesn't look like Justin Fields did to finish last season. And that's not, you know, uh, uh, there's there's a, a large spectrum of good quarterback play that exists between that and, you know, being like outside of the first round. And Trey Lance was probably somewhere in the middle of that. But it was very clear that he wasn't as good as people were hoping he was going to be in his one week performance for this season. The question isn't whether or not Lance looked good. It's to what degree at all does this game matter? Mm -hmm. And the answer is zero. It doesn't. And no, name one team who's played their first game this season after having no practice, some practice, yes, football, no football, COVID, whatever. Right. And has looked exactly as we anticipated them to be, besides perhaps your Clemsons and your Alabamas, of which North Dakota State is arguably one at the FCS level. But still, they came out. They fell behind to, to Central Arkansas. They, they, they dropped in the third quarter and had to surge in the fourth quarter. Letting a, not a worse team, Central Arkansas is a pretty good team, but letting a team they should beat hang around for a little bit longer, they were sloppy. They were making mistakes. Lance, uh, the, the offensive line played poorly. Lance was under a ton of pressure. Didn't deal with pressure in a, in a really great way. Kudos to Matt Entz, the head coach, who got Trey Lance running the football and some design stuff. That really opened the game for them. Lance ends with 143 rushing yards on 15 carries, two touchdowns, including some scrambles, some design runs. Uh, he was 15 for 30, 149 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. He also had a fumble. In, on a sack uh, in the pocket. Okay, so this is why it's so important to pay attention to player development. And hopefully the team that picks that kid, can James can really put him in a position to succeed and not rush him. And I think that's what Green Bay's doing with that kid uh, up there behind Aaron. Yeah, with Jordan Love. It, yeah. Absolutely. And, and that's the key here. And the Jets better learn from their mistake with, with Sam Darnold. They haven't given him a chance, right? And, and that's, that's the reality with a lot of quarterbacks that end up not making it. You know, some are bad and some don't work hard and, you know, some have issues off the field and, and just we're never going to make it. Others never get the pieces around them. Right. You know, Baker Mayfield up until this year, four, four head coaches, had a bunch of turnover, and, and now it looks like he has some stability and he clearly has a ton of talent around him, but they finally given him an offensive line and an adult as a head coach. Well, guess what? They're three and one and, and they, they're relying on the running game in Cleveland. Like th that's, that's kind of the key. Do, do I think Baker's head and shoulders above Sam Darnold? No, but he's got better talent around him and he has a better coach now and he has stability. And, and that's the key for these guys. So Josh Allen, I was wrong about him partially. I was really low on him when the bills drafted him. 
But what did they do? Well, McDermott's a great coach. They've given him, you know, Brian Dable up there, you know, they've given him good coaches around him, not just McDermott quality talent. They go out and get Stefan Diggs, which I loved a year after signing Cole Beasley and John Brown, which is the perfect one, two speed slash slot weapon that you need. And, and they have good tight ends, good running backs and a great defense. Like that's, that's a lot. That's a right. lot to, to ask for. And when you do that, it, it, it sets up a young quarterback to succeed. And I didn't even mention the offensive line in Buffalo. So right. those are the things. So when you, we talk about Trevor Lawrence, wherever he ends up, well, they better instantly, whatever organization that is, Trey Lance, wherever he ends up, it doesn't matter how talented they are. You want to start to build around these guys and hope that they land with the right coach. Because if not, Sam Darnold, how many coaches he played for now? He might be on his third if he sticks around in New York next year. It's, Baker, like I said, four coaches. You don't want to do that and have that coaching shuffle because it, it makes it really hard. And, and so that, that is such a key. So for a prospect like Trey Lance, you know, there are some that can overcome I think Andrew Luck overcame a ton early on in his career with the Indianapolis Colts. Most can't. And, and, and that's not a knock. That's just the reality. Most of us can't overcome bad bosses and, you know, and, and shoddy work equipment, right? Mm -hmm. If we, you know, if you're working in media and, and that's just the reality. And, and so uh, I totally agree that wherever these guys land specifically the top guys, the ones that are going to have the most success are the ones that get, are given a real chance. And the ones that, you know, struggle might be because of coaching. It might be because of what's around them to a degree. Right, right, right. Hey, man, it's been fun. We can do this all day, man. Me and you, you know, I we, could. We, we, yeah, we, <laughs> we, we talk more than people know, man, but we're going to wrap and uh, put a wrap on a Wednesday. Uh, remember now, follow both of us, uh, Locked On Jaguars, Locked On Bengals, and all of the rest of uh, our great programming around the Locked On Podcast Network, uh, Locked On NFL Draft, uh, Draft Dudes, um, Follow along on Spotify. Uh, subscribe on Google Podcasts as well as iTunes and Apple. Uh, for James Rapine, for Tony Wiggins, uh, thank you for joining us on Locked On NFL. Continue to take care of each other. Until next time.